Some of us just like put on a few pounds and like, you know, got way too into making craft cocktails every night for ourselves. Putin quarantined and is starting World War Three. You know, like he went real nuts in the choir. Like he took it really like he took personal growth during the pandemic to another level. Welcome to another edition of the Bituation Room podcast live stream. I am your host, Francesca Fiorentini. You might have recognized me from Thing and that other thing, that one time that viral hit that you don't remember my actual name, but you're like, oh my God, I know her. You know what I mean? And then you're like, oh my God, I follow her on Instagram, but like, why? Um, That is me, uh, comedian and pundit and podcast host. What is going on? It is. <laughs> it's been a week. Holy shit, it's been a week. We um it's bad, guys. It's bad. And um we're going to break a lot of things down. Uh you will hear um the final analysis of Russia's war on Ukraine on this show. So stick around if you want the real truth. Also, buy my supplements. JK, no supplement company has decided to sponsor me yet. But I'm waiting. Okay? I'm here. For now, I'm going to peddle you some goddamn truth serum. We got a great show today. Uh, We couldn't find any former five-star generals to come on and um, hawk us a bunch of uh, F-35s. But... I do have comedian Andy Kindler and columnist and author Wajahat Ali joining me for the show, the whole show, the whole time. It's going to be good. So like and share the stream right now if you are listening and watching live. Do that so people know what's up because we're going to get into all the things. In addition to Ukraine, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, white supremacist blanket fort meeting that happened in Florida, not CPAC, the smaller blanket fort, the like the kids table of like, you know, the KKK totally had a kid's table, right? They were like, all right, son, you got to sit over there. Let the big boys talk about how we want to, you know, how our feelings are hurt by black people. Right. So anyway, we're going to talk about the America First pack that went down in Florida at the same time as CPAC. And then in our bonus episode, which once again, if you're a patron of this show, you get access to live and in your ear holes. We're going to talk about Charlie Kirk, who honestly, I don't know what's going on. Maybe as his dome gets bigger and his facial features get smaller, there is like maybe the, I don't know. His brain is actually making space for things like socialism. That's right. He makes a very compelling case for socialism. You don't want to miss that. So patreon.com slash bituation room is where you go to make sure that you are privy to all of the bonus content. Usually it's a 10 minute, 15 minute conversation. Some of the best stuff we talked about Ram Ranch last week. I hope everyone enjoyed that. 18 naked cowboys still in the showers at Ram Ranch. They're still there wasting water, honestly, but like doing the Lord's work. Um, Also, in case you didn't know, 
This show is going to be live in Brooklyn, New York. Tell your people, call your mom, tell your sister. We're going to be there with Sam Cedar from the Majority Report, Matt Lieb and Tiffany Caban, council member on Thursday, March 10th. Get your tickets. They are selling fast. Now, if you can't be there live, we have virtual tickets. Bituationroom.com is where you get those tickets. That's right. Bituationroom.com. Get your tickets. Um, it will not be automatically available on the feed. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to see when I release that episode. It will be available, but maybe not right away. If you're a patron, however, you get access no matter what. So part of the Frantifa, you get to watch live Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern in Brooklyn at the Bell House. Um, so, yeah, bituationroom.com get your tickets. And I did want to plug, you know, I used to be an activist in um, in my better days. Uh, no, in, uh, in New York, right. I was active against the Iraq war for in the global justice movement. Um, and I would always get the independent, which, uh, is available everywhere for free around New York city. Um, and the five boroughs in the tri-state area. I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know what I mean? Around the areas and, uh, look who's on the cover. Oh my God. Here's my little David Brent moment. <laughs> wow. It was a. Yeah, that's me um, asking, is it okay to laugh? Yes, it is okay to laugh. Please come watch me do jokes, uh, not just at the Bituation Room, but all over New York. I'll be performing throughout Brooklyn mostly. Um, but get this independent. Get your copy, you guys. It's fun. I talk about comedy in the time of Trump, in the time of whatever the fuck this is. Um, and, uh, you know, like... I think Netflix is totally going to call. Matter of fact, let me put my phone off silent because I'm pretty sure I'm getting a special pretty soon. No, but yeah, uh, check that out. Support The Independent. We love them. We love The Independent. We love uh, all of the local coverage of New York politics that they do uh, and have been doing for so long. So shout out to them. Um, and yes, they put me on the cover. So I would say that. Before I go on, can I remind people listening as a podcast that this podcast is only discoverable because of the many stars that you give it on iTunes? And I read every review. If you don't want to take the time to write a review, just like write yay with like 15 A's and I'll be like, hell yeah, that's good enough for me. You know what I mean? That's a vote of confidence. But give this podcast five stars on iTunes. It helps people discover it. Um, and... Also, if you don't want to become a patron, I get it. If you're more comfortable with Venmo, TBR-Live. If you're comfortable with Cash App, TBR-Live on Cash App. Kick this show a few bucks in our little scrappy team, a labor of love. Uh, me and uh, just the three most wonderful people uh, beyond you all. And with that, let us get into what we are bitching about today. Not a lot of jokes. I'm going to be totally 100% with you. Not a lot of writing jokes this week, uh, especially on this issue. But let me know, what are you bitching about? I got two. One is short, one is long. Number one, John Mulaney, stop rubbing it in your ex-wife's face that you had a baby with Olivia Munn. You're on SNL. You got your baby up there. It's so cute. Like, that's so painful. Like, I want to support his ex-wife's art. And, like, I don't even have money, really, to do that. But, like, I want to now. 
Like, I will go see her weird performance art that's, like, all an allegory about how you dumped her in the same year that you, like, got clean and sober and then, like, had a baby with Olivia Munn. You know what I mean? Like, and if it's all, like, an art piece about, like, twigs with, like, weird twigs and, like, a live deer for no reason, I'll have to be there and support it because you're you're making it really awkward. Don't put your baby on SNL. I'm just like, come on. You already left her for a famous actor model person. And I love Olivia Munn. I mean, look, I don't mean to throw my Asian American sister under the bus, but like, damn, girl, damn. You really uh you really swooped in there. Okay, I'm done. I'm done with that. Eh? You like it? You like a little break from war talk? Now let's talk about war. Yes. Um, okay. I am bitching about the fact that it is really hard to be a principled um, anti-war progressive or leftist right now, uh, especially because we don't have an anti-war movement in this country. We used to uh, back in the Iraq war days. um, And I would argue that it was part of that movement that led to Obama's victory. Um, It was part of that movement led to the fact that we are much more hesitant to get into hot wars the way we used to also abject failure that helped, but it is really difficult. And especially right now um, we're facing a huge setback for movements for peace in this country and movements to move our money out of the military industrial complex and towards real, real justice, real security, real, um, Uh, real ways that protect our communities, not just sort of militarism around the world, not more money for bases and nukes and um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to face a setback. It's going to fucking suck because right now what you're not hearing is anyone saying, hey, maybe we de-escalate. Hey, maybe we don't. Maybe we don't do all this buildup. You're not going to hear that anywhere on mainstream television because it's not we're, we're not supposed to say that, right? We're, we're supposed to rightfully condemn what Putin is doing, support the Ukrainian people, and that's it. And sort of turn our blind eye to the $700 billion that Biden is pushing through for the next defense package. So it is difficult. And especially if you, if you in good faith, say that the expansion of NATO has been a liability, has put countries like Ukraine in more danger and jeopardy than it has actually protected it. Look, NATO troops aren't doing shit. What's the point of having this giant um, conglomerate with this giant sort of uh, uh, this organization if we're not doing anything? And again, I I don't want us to, right? But we see that it is all just kind of, it's all bluster and it doesn't help. And this is not to take responsibility out of uh, Putin's hands because the guy is fucking nuts. And he's got blood on his hands. But here's what I'm mad about, right? Leftists have been carrying water for Putin knowingly and unknowingly, right? We've been buying into this enemy of my enemy is my friend bullshit for way too long. We don't have clear language around international solidarity. We are making excuses. We've made excuses for Assad, Putin, and other imperialists and and warmongers simply because they are supposedly against the United States. And I think that's bullshit. I call bullshit on that kind of anti-imperialism. 
And actually, the right is doing a better job, sadly, of articulating a no war stance right now. It's for all the wrong reasons, all the wrong reasons. It's for fascist reasons. But the left doesn't have a coherent um, a coherent message. And it sucks. And it's sad. And at a time when you're going to have more and more and more, again, money and 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 um, shine on like war hawks and neocons and neoliberals, we're going to be pushing more and more war and build up. That voice of, hey, let's actually focus on real peace and security here in the United States in a non fucked up xenophobic way. Things like housing, education, clean drinking water, stopping climate change. Those voices are going to be drowned out and it's going to suck. Um, anyway, all to say, I am mad at the ultra left, what I would call the ultra left on this. I'm mad at, honestly, you know, the right, of course. Um, and it sucks because I do think that Putin is a dishonest actor and I think he's violated agreements in the past. And so what do you do, Right. Yes, I said we should ratchet down NATO, but yeah, Putin's a fucking liar. So what happened? You know what I mean? There is no promise that he would even pull back if you did something like that. So this is all unfolding. I'm lamenting the lack of a broader vision. And also, please try to not um, buy hook, line and sinker one particular analysis, including my own. I've read I'm I think it's I'm putting a couple articles in the description below for you guys to read, including from uh, the Anatole Levin, who we had on last week, who is a researcher who has definitely changed his tune and realigned, given the fact that Russia did invade and has been so aggressive. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pissed that strong men are going to fuck up our future and I want them all to go to fucking Mars. That's it. Just go to Mars, assholes. Get there now, soon. Take your nukes because we've got bigger things to do. I hope that made sense. And with that amazing note, uh, I would like to bring in my guest. He is a comedian who starred on Bob's Burgers as Mort. And currently he's a co-host of the podcast Thought Spiral. Please welcome Andy Kindler. Thank you very much. Thank you. Why am I acting like the people applauding? <laughs> because I gave you the stand-up introduction, Andy. Oh, okay. And I'm not going to even try to be funny today. I'm so angry. <laughs> just going to be enraged. Exactly. That's okay. You could just scream. We'll just turn you down a little bit. <sighs> yeah. Well, Andy, what are you bitching about? Is it can? Is there anything else besides? Yes, I the have war? something very important to bitch about. Please. I am. Well, it could, I mean, it, the easy way could be. I, Every day it could be Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan might destroy the entire country. Uh, he's a conspiracy theorist. He's a racist. But he doesn't bother me. Bothers me? That can't be the right way to say that. He doesn't bother me as much as John Stewart. John Stewart, who went out of his... Oops, sorry. I almost pulled my mic out of my thing. Shots and fired, Andy. Shots fired. Isn't he the Zelensky of the United States? He, the fact that he said... And you can see so much... I, there's a, this great podcast that show the foot, the actual recent thing of him saying that uh, Joe Rogan is not an ideologue. He's a very reasonable guy. Yeah. And that means the reason why that's unacceptable to me. It's unacceptable that he has an opinion about something he literally either doesn't know about or is just defending it because he's a rich white guy 
and he doesn't want rich guy, white guys who want to say whatever they want without people objecting to it to right. be hurt. Right. So you're mad at John Stewart's take on Joe Rogan. And essentially, yeah, he was like, you know, he's he's not like leave him alone. Essentially, it was like it's not that big of a deal. I have a problem with him in general, though. I mean, I, I hated when he went to the government. I mean, I, I was out on him when he went to Washington uh, to say they're not the problem. I mean, you're not the problem. They're the problem. In other words, you are my viewers. You're not the problem. They're the problem. So I've been out on him. I think he's uh, arrogant. He can be uh-huh. funny, but he's very arrogant. And yeah. something else is wrong with him. Okay. What's that something else? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what's motivating his... Um, <laughs> Uh, the, the Daily Show. I was on the Daily Show, so I think everybody can say I'm envious, and and I'm oh, of course, who isn't envious? But the oh yeah, the Daily Show was great because there were a lot of great people who were involved. Samantha B. There was Steve Carell. There was Stephen Colbert. It wasn't yeah. because of Joe. It, the Daily Show wasn't even that bad when Craig Kilborn was reading the mm-hmm. news. So uh, the thing is, John Stewart was never a big political guy. Until he got the Daily Show, unless I'm unaware of some part of his career that involved research. He had some. Okay, so this is me smiling with like what single tear falling down my face because like I I do really like John Stewart and I appreciate him, but I also do think he was totally wrong on the Rogan stuff, and of course he's arrogant. And I also think there's something to be said about like you know you retired for a reason, you know, and and like you can kind of see that now you're like yeah, yeah yeah we need a different voice and don't say censorship i'm so sick of people using it's not censorship you do not mm-hmm. get to have a show on a on spotify as part of your birthright unless the government is going to his house and stopping him from speaking it's not censorship and i'm so tired of people like him he knows it's not censorship so he's just using it because he thinks it sounds good to help his side. And yes, I am envious and jealous. And yes, I wish I had his money. And yes, there are other (laughs) things going on with me. And yes, I want his ranch with all the animals that he's rescued from the slaughterhouses. I want to pet them every morning and feed them. And I love what he did for the first responders. I know I cried when he was doing some of those things. I was crying at my house. No, it's true. When you say the censorship word, you're like, okay, I know exactly. You you want to get like the invite to the big Austin like cook da- <laughs> cookout or whatever that <laughs> Joe Rogan's going to have with, you know, you know, other like for lack of a better term, 1% comics. Yes, I said it. And they're very funny, but like, you know, there's a there's a cohort, there's a group, there's an in crowd. And it's the same way that no one's going to call, you know, Chappelle's transphobia out who's in that 1%. I like, will, I will because I'm not in that 1%. He's the, it's the worst thing he's ever done. It, it, it makes him a bad human. You are a yeah. bad human if you are aligning with anti, with, with uh, transphobic things which lead to white supremacy. And there's just no excuse for it. Now, uh, he used to be a, a funnier comic. Mm, you heard it here, guys. Sound off in the comments. Isn't um, he just hurting people? He's <laughs> hurting people with his comedy now, right? You believe that, right? Am I wrong? Stuart? No, 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 no Chappelle. Chappelle. Oh, Chappelle. Oh, Chappelle, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Although, Stuart, uh, I don't know. I don't follow him as much. But Stuart, but Chappelle, I'm just shocked No, at. Chappelle is sort of caught in, like, uh, his own echo chamber. He's just caught, he's just, like, he's... He's in the the sunken place a little bit Um, because he's just responding to himself. And every bit he has is about like how someone came up to him and said they didn't like his comedy. And then he makes that into like a 15 minute bit. Narcissism. 
Yeah, no, it's insane. Um, but, but we have to bring my other guest on, find out what this gentleman is bitching about. He's the author of Go Back Where You Came From and other helpful recommendations on how to become American <laughs> and a columnist with the Daily Beast. Please welcome Wajahat Ali. Hey, hey, how's it going? I just want to say F Sinbad. F Sinbad in the face. <laughs> we went after John Mulaney and John Stewart and Chappelle, so I just had to find a comedian. So like, F you, Sinbad. Exactly. Um, no, I have, I have nothing against Sinbad. I'm sure he's a lovely person. Yeah, I think he is actually a lovely person. Sinbad's <laughs> a great guy. Uh, he was in Jingle All the Way, and I got Old through half of that cut. movie. So well, then. The, Deep cut. Exactly. <laughs> Um, Wajahad, what are you bitching about today other than everything that's happening? Okay, it's three quick, three things real quick. Okay, and I'll, I'll do them in a, in a row. So first and foremost, apparently I'm the only one living in a pandemic, which is amazing because everyone else is not in a pandemic and like no one needs to wear masks or get vaccines. And apparently all these Democratic governors are loosening restrictions, even though 60,000 people died in January. And we haven't learned from the mistake that like last year, the CDC made the mistake, took away their firing bullet their magic bullet and said, take off the masks. And then we had something called Delta and Omicron. I feel like you ever feel, okay, I'm going to go old Testament real quick. You ever feel like, I feel bad for Moses. Cause like, I was thinking about this. I'm like, Moses, like, listen, I'm going to send you like plagues. And then he sends plagues and people are like, I don't believe it. And he goes, I'm going to send you frogs. And then frogs come. He goes, I don't believe it. And he goes, okay, we're going to like go through the red sea. The red sea is going to open up and like just destroy the Pharaoh. Eh, and then he goes, listen, I've deli- <laughs> I delivered you from the Pharaoh. Just give me 40 days. I'm going to go talk to God. Give me 40. If I don't come back on the 41st day, worship a golden calf. And people are like, eh, he's not back. Let's just worship a calf. And like he comes. Can you imagine him coming down the mountain with the Ten Commandments? He's like, my people are going to like be so appreciative. Like, I, you know, I, I led them out of like so much misery. And he comes down. And people are just having an orgy and worshiping a cat. He goes, what the F? That's why I feel. That's how I feel. I feel like I understand that story, like the heedlessness of human humanity. There mm-hmm. you go. That's what I'm bitching about. What is the golden calf in this situation? Is it like uh, the ability to dine out? Brunches. What? <laughs> I want to have indoor brunches. I'm so over COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to have indoor brunches with my friends. And like the funny thing is this, like I'll, I'll just... I was going to say three things, but I'm just going to just bitch about this. It's like, okay, I don't understand if you have to wear a mask all the time. You don't have to wear a mask all the time. I went to this uh, this place uh, run by the Gazpacho, mm. uh, New York State. Oh, yes. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the oppression of New York. Uh, I had to escape from New York like Kurt Russell. I rode the subway. I was on the uh, Amtrak. I got coffee from inside a restaurant. I had to wear a mask once in a while. And I had to show proof of vaccination. <laughs> it was okay. I survived, Francesca. Yeah. You're, so that's my that, that's my that's my and you drank your whole coffee rant. and it didn't ruin the coffee for you. Nope, nope, nope. It did not. Good for you. Yeah, no. I am a, I'm a squeamish uh, mask wearer. I meaning I wear masks. I do not want to get COVID. I um, mostly because I don't want impotence, you know. And I hear that it, you know, schlong COVID as they call it, and uh, I'm worried about that personally. That's a thing. That schlong COVID is a thing, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh yeah that's my story i'm sticking to it <laughs> um well why don't we fuck love why don't we get into this week usually i do a long roundup you guys but this week just a couple of notes before we dig into the big mm. the big sitch we're collapsing the sitch and the week wear together you guys have never been on the show so you have no idea what that I means i'm nervous excited and a third i'm, I'm titillated Slightly that's titillated. what you should be 
Um, but okay, so Greg Abbott is trying to be the worst Republican governor, and Texas is now requiring people to rat out trans youth and anyone who's mm-hmm. helping them acquire any gender affirming care. You should know that he is he is like a Marvel villain at this point, completely. Um, Starbucks in Mesa, Arizona, however, successfully unionized. So that's great. Mm-hmm. One of the Starbucks in Mesa, Arizona, successfully unionized. Small victory against big fucking setback. And uh, I have no jokes for these, but finally, Ben Stiller is back with Christine Taylor. And that's oh. the second pop culture reference you're going to get on this show. For everything else, this is The Week Where. So last week, we talked about how there's no way Russia's going to invade. <clears throat> And all, you know, we were talking about diplomacy and all the ways we could get out of this. And then Putin just like had a glimpse in the mirror and was like, it is small. And then he was like, let's go, you know, and that's how we got here. And uh, now everything has hit the fan. Um, So this was the week where Putin basically invaded Ukraine and saying he was going to denazify the country. Um, And it wasn't clear if he just wanted to control the ethnically Russian parts of Ukraine or predominantly Russian parts of Ukraine. But it now looks like he does want regime change in Kiev. He's begun aerial bombardment. He's hit civilian buildings, hospitals. Many Ukrainians have either tried to evacuate or sheltering underground or are joining the fight as volunteers, including Miss Ukraine. And I'm like, fuck, dude, I feel when you lose Miss, when you lose Miss Ukraine, that's you've really lost it. If it's she's on. staying to it's fight, on. oh, it's super on. There's also like so many Molotov cocktails being right. made, and um, and I find that adorable and awesome, uh, and pretty badass. Um, it's not totally clear, however, how many people have been killed. There are estimates that say 250 Ukrainian civilians and 3,000 Russian soldiers. Um, but it seems like right now, at least Sunday evening. President of Ukraine, Zelensky, Vladimir Zelensky, agreed to talks with Russia um, or Vladimir. I don't know. They have the same name, but they're like spelled differently. And it's Mm. fucked up. Um, So (laughs) there's going to be talks on the Belarus border. It's not clear if these talks are like a ploy. Like, is this all just like a ruse or a ruski? What is going on? All I know, you guys, is that Sean Penn is on the scene. Well, he's there. That, it, sometimes that when he's in Haiti, I love it because he's, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes he's on the scene and he's doing the greatest stuff in the world. That's true. And, and then, then other sometimes times. El Chapo and you have mixed feelings. Exactly. Then other times he's like telling El Chapo that he like will get him like a Birkin bag or something. <laughs> oh, that's okay. wrong. It's wrong to tell <laughs> outlaws, give them promises. Okay. It's Sean Penn. He was in Fast Times at Richmond High. Like, I think he's running on that equity. Which yeah. we could all agree was one of the greatest comedies of all time. Right. right. Let him do what he great. wants. Yeah. Um, we should just be playing that on the Russian and Ukrainian border. Like if everyone could just sit and watch, collectively watch Fast Times together. Peace will come, I'm sure. Um, What's the Kurt? I just want to say a thing. I, it's been sticking in my mind since you brought up Kurt Russell. What is the Kurt Russell thing? Where what is it when he's applauding because uh, Vladimir Putin is singing? Uh, what is he saying? The song that makes everybody. Uh, I lost my freedom. Fre- he lost his freedom on Blueberry Hill. 
I don't remember. Why this. is Kurt what? Russell applauding? I know he's right wing, but what's 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 he like so much? Kurt about? Russell was applauding. I haven't seen that video yet. I cannot defame Kurt Russell because I do not know. Oh, it's of in this video. He's in Russia with the. He's. I don't know if he's with Gerard Depardieu, but he's. Uh, They're he's, in Russia right now. Not Dude. right now. This is an old clip. Okay. Okay. Maybe it wasn't oh, okay. even in Russia. All right. There you I, go. I, is this I, like I, some I, Steven like... Seagal level? Like it's like he's like Putin's a mass sort of his like nineties or eighties and nineties like you know action, action stars yeah he- i would say, wouldn't that be something that putin would do because if you ever like if you're like an immigrant kid those countries love 80s action stars Hell like on yeah. vhs we used to get on bootleg john claude and steven seagal and like all these dictators like i will be friends with seagal come yes. we'll be friends <laughs> no you're Kurt Russell, come here you're 100 right that's exactly what he was trying to do he's Let like got so this. many asks into pam anderson <laughs> um Let me say this one thing I've always hated Putin. I'm 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 old. I think yes. first of all, I remember when it was Ms. Ukraine. Okay. Um I've always hated Putin. He's always been terrible. But I live in a country where George W. Bush did the worst thing in the history of this country. When he mm-hmm. invaded uh I mean the first I I, I remember in nineteen ninety one I was playing a club in Staten Island called Grandpa's Comedy Club. Mm-hmm. And, and they and they said to me, don't mention the war. Like, I'm going to mention mm-hmm. the war on Staten mm-hmm. Island. But the first one, I was against that. But then the second one was just the worst, uh, cr- one of the worst crimes ever committed on human. So how do we, we don't have anything to, uh, except now Biden's, you know, I'm rooting for Biden because I don't think he's crazy. Yeah. No, it's, we. let's get to that, like, I mean, we should dig into that hypocrisy um, because, yeah, we don't have a lot of moral standing on this. I want to finish sort of what's been ha- what happened this week. Um, the U.N. Security Council met. They tried to pass a resolution condemning the invasion. Eleven voted yes. But China, India, United Arab Emirates abstained. And Russia, of course, used its veto power to block it. Like, you know, they were like, oh, this is a self-graded assignment. <laughs> um, a plus. Like, you know, they, of course, are going to give themselves an out on this. Um, the UN General Assembly is going to be meeting this week. They're like an emergency meeting first, like, or one of 10 times in the last 50 years. Biden, who we again know is not trying to get into the hot war with Russia at the moment, has announced sanctions on major Russian banks, the country's sovereign debt and three individuals. He then added the individual of Vladimir Putin himself. Um, Bank sanctions prohibit American financial institutions from processing transactions for Russian banks. And no one is more upset than the NRA. I mean, they fucking really needed that money. Like Wayne LaPierre just bought $3,000 Croc boots and like crocodile boots, not like Croc boots. <laughs> Gross. Why, why doesn't I mean, he send, on. why don't they send all their weapons to Ukraine? Why doesn't the NRA get all of the weapons that we don't need here, put it in a big box and send it to the people who could actually use the weapons? Well, thank you. Because Vote in, for me. Because in, because in a 2019 Senate report, it was revealed that the NRA was used as a foreign asset by Russia. I'm not making that no, up. No, exactly. I I, I, I... <laughs> they would probably just give them to the Russian side, I think, yes. is why we yes, want that's them. That's why I think you, you, don't, you don't want the NRA to pull a Sean Penn. You're like, NRA, just stay at home. Just stay at home and kill Americans. Uh, just let just stay out of this yeah. one if you can, please. <laughs> so, Zelensky, let's talk about him, okay? Comedian. He's become... Comedian, thank He's you. a former comedian. That's right. Uh, sketch. More sketch and- than stand-up, I think. Okay. So, <laughs> Andy, what do you think? Does this bode well for our kind, or does it mean we're cursed? Like, if well, we get into office, someone's going to try and topple us. 
let me tell you something. People go, would you do? No, I would no. My first instinct is I would be running away from my wife and all people. You're on your own. From your wife? You would be running away with your wife away or from, from your my wife? wife. You're on your own. <laughs> you want her. I need to say, I have you. Take I, her. I'm a big... Take her. So, no. So, I don't know that he was like this beforehand, but somehow he, I mean, I'm just so, it's pretty amazing when, that he stood up and stayed there. Absolutely. Yeah, he's doing a lot of, I would say, a lot of front-facing camera videos, you know, and sort of like an Anderson Cooper, like, casualty. <laughs> he's got, like, his fatigues on also. he's He clearly is practiced in front of a camera and an audience. Um, and he's, he, you know, uh, I, I was going to play some videos, but uh, you don't want to hear me be the translator. Um, you guys should watch them. He says he doesn't want to abandon Kiev, the capital. Yeah. And when offered an evacuation plan by the United States. He said, quote, the fight is here. I need ammunition, not a ride. I like that. And he's also, th- look, uh, this is what I expect from the Ukrainian voice of Paddington Bear, because that's also one of his jobs. People forget that, that he was the voice of Paddington Bear, but the Ukraine version. But you also have to say, like, when it, when it comes to comedians, right, oftentimes they exist in two extremes. So you, you see, like, the comedian in Italy who's leader of the far-right movement. Yes. And then you see Zelensky. You're like, all right, Zelensky, if, these are my choices. Let's just hope if comedian, if Andy wishes to run for, like, office, let's hope he joins, like, you know, the pro-democracy movement and doesn't become, like, a fascist. <laughs> I have faith in the former. That is, I, but, I am know. sad that you think that I might become a fascist. I said, I have faith in the former. I said, I have faith in the <laughs> I'm former. Jewish. But, you know, I'm Jewish. I'm Jewish. I don't like the Exactly. Nazis. No, that's but, so but true, feel, though. Like, yeah. what is it? Salvini in, in Italy, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Joe Rogan. The comedian. Joe Rogan here, right? About, Joe Rogan here. example, Carola, Rogan, yeah. He used to be the worst comic in the world. I, you know, I, I, I never thought he could actually kill millions of people with his bad information. Whoever thought bad comedy could get that serious? Well, look, bad. he started the bad information with bad sex information on Loveline, uh, so... Oh, another deep cut. Look at this. I love it. Being a child of the 90s. I'm fear factor. He also made Americans uh, love eating horse testicles. Oh, again, no. So. I'm talking about Corolla, but yes, I love. Corolla. Oh, Corolla. Yeah. Who did the man show. Look at the. I wonder if you can tell from the shows these people did. The man show. That's hmm. right. Wasn't that and yet you got Kimmel, who like actually understood the irony. It was ironic, people. Um you know, Francesca, I said this is a good point. Like, if, if our generation goes back, you see Kimmel was part of that crew that Andy's talking about, right? Like, the man show and, like, that testosterone, like, oh, bro, yeah, let's just talk about chicks. We're, like, young white dudes who want a bone. Ugh. But then Kimmel kind of grew up, and he had a family, and he kind of yeah. evolved, and he has empathy. And then you see a guy like Rogan just double down in his echo chamber because he has this, like, friggin' legion of fans thanks to the UFC, which is also right-wing, and Dana White's, like, an open fan of Donald Trump. Right. Spotify says, all right, we'll give you $100 million because we want your base. Yep. And you go ahead and spread disinformation and kill people in a, during a pandemic that has already killed $5 million. A comedian. That's the power of comedies. It's actually really fascinating because I was thinking about Salvini and I was thinking about Zelensky, but Andy pulled out Rogan. I'm like, oh, yeah, look at Rogan. Like, why the hell is this guy this influential? It's remarkable. I don't think he wants to run for office. Can you imagine him just like... Like, imagine the war room is just like his podcast and he's sitting around with a bunch of other kind of like douchebag anti-vaxxers who are like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, it's like erect nipples, though. They all have shirtless. They all take shirtless photos. Yeah. For their like and and, like they're like because he has like erect nipples because apparently he takes some vitamins or something. They're all doing. I mean, I don't look at his nipples the way you do. But, you know, look, it's it's, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, but he's also, uh, I mean, Rogan is, I mean, wasn't even, he was a terrible stand-up. Terrible. He was the worst. And I'm, I'm, I, I can tell you that I, I know about stand-up. He was horrible. 
as we say in New York. He did funny sounds. He's always hated women. He's always been. I mean, so that's go. That's part of the package going in that Spotify bought. You're right. buying one of the world's biggest misogynists. He's a racist who's used the N word a million times. Let's sweeten the deal. Right. Um, okay. So a couple like crystal ball situation. Uh, thinking about what could happen. Zelensky is meeting with Putin. He says, quote, I will frankly say, I will say frankly that I do not really believe in the outcome of this meeting, but let them try to make sure that no citizen of Ukraine has any doubt that I, as president, did not try to stop the war. And he's been in a more recent address, been very forthcoming with the people of Russia as well, saying, you know, I'm going to I'm speaking to you directly, essentially, like I'm appealing to you um, that you are not necessarily the enemy um, but smart, and it is really smart, and it and we'll we will see. I really hope this is not like a ploy to draw him away from Kiev and like then topple it. But again, what am I gonna do? What are we gonna do? <laughs> Who what am are I we gonna do? Yeah. Let, let's remember not just a comic, but this is the same Zelensky as Max Berger reminded us. He writes on Twitter, I'm not sure most Americans realize the heroic Ukrainian president everyone is praising uh. is the exact same guy Donald Trump was impeached for trying to extort. Yeah. On July 18th, 2019, the Trump administration with- withheld $250 million of military aid to Ukraine. Seven days later, Trump held a phone call with Zelensky and asked him to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden and his son, Hunter. And yet, here we have Zelensky and Biden in office. He wanted that money. He wasn't going to give him the money until he could give him some dirt about Hunter Biden. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I think I'm going to collapse from incredulity. I just can't (laughs) even believe it. I just can't believe he that idiot, that Nazi won. And I just, every time. And so maybe maybe I'll I'll throw it over to Wajahatu to save me on this. No, so I think the fact that Zelensky held his ground, right, both times is very impressive. And also when people try to blame Biden on the right, you're like, no, Trump actually withheld money and aid that they needed to protect themselves against this Russian advance. Because people forget that Russia already invaded Ukraine in 2014. Crimea, that's an invasion, right? And so Zelensky is not stupid. He goes, "Okay, I got Russia breathing down my neck. Please help me. I'm an ally. And Trump is like, well... You have to first open a sham investigation into Hunter mm-hmm. because Biden's going to you know, run in 2020. And so to help himself in the 2020 election, he completely threw his ally under the bus. Yeah. And also, you guys have talked about this on the show. I don't have to mention it. Each and every single time when given the opportunity during his four years as presidency, and even now, and even yesterday at CPAC, Donald Trump has never criticized Vladimir Putin even once. Even yesterday, yeah. even though he finally called the invasion abhorrent, he said he had to say it. He goes... Putin's a smart guy. And so, like, tell me how the Republican Party and specifically uh, uh, Trump projected strength and then compare that strength to a stand up comedian who is trying his best to save his nation that is under invasion from a country that has the most amount of nuclear warheads yes. led by a belligerent, murderous president who feels like it is his destiny to recreate the Russian empire, even if it means leading to World War III. He also yes. doesn't read. He doesn't read. He's just like Trump, isn't he? I've been hearing Putin doesn't read, doesn't send emails, is cut off from everything. He's become very insular during the pandemic. Very insular, echo chamber, doesn't shake hands. That's why when you guys see those photos of like Putin, like at one side of the table yes. and like another All that 50 distance. feet away, yeah. he's, like- he's paranoid about catching COVID. And that's <laughs> made him more and more insular in his like megalomania, which is not good for the world, ladies and gentlemen, when you have a brutal 
dictator who's probably the richest man on earth funding far-right movements who believes it is his destiny to recreate the Russian Empire. Yes, some of us just, like, put on a few pounds and, like, you know, got way too into making craft cocktails every night for ourselves. Putin quarantined and is starting World War Three. You know, like, he went real nuts in the quar. Like He took a really, like, he took personal growth during the pandemic to another level. Yes. He's like, first I will wrestle bear shirtless, <laughs> then I will take over Ukraine. He never even tries to hide. Like, every time they go, did you, po- did you poison the person? Prove it. Prove it. We didn't poison. Prove it. That was his answer. Prove it. You have no proof. Then when they give a proof, that's not proof. It's fake proof. I yeah. mean, he doesn't even but, try. But, In the old days, they tried to lie better. And he has a good point, though. That's why I think any type of, I don't, I don't think he's capable of being shamed. I don't think he cares what the international community thinks. That's what makes it so dangerous. Yeah. is that you can't appeal to otherwise logic or humanity or rationality. That's the the fear here is when Zelensky meets uh, Putin. I hope Zelensky says, "Okay, you can surrender," but I think it's like theater, just like last week was theater. And Putin, if necessary, is willing to exercise all military options to kill as many people as possible, take over Ukraine. That's that's my fear. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it is. I mean, we could go into this for forever and we are. <laughs> but, you know, I'm also like, why didn't you send all of your troops? He only sent like 100,000, you know, send more. And I know he is. Um, and. But in the fact that he didn't send that many means there's fun videos of like, you know, a farmer dragging with his tractor like one of the russian tanks it's just like fun little moments like that so like you know the ukrainians may be outnumbered and outgunned but my god in terms of the commitment in terms Mm. of trying to defend their actual home and again nationalism doesn't always present itself in every country in the same way right and like i think as an american and someone who really is not nationalistic because I equate that with jingoism, I equate that with often xenophobia. It is nice to see a country that, like, I wouldn't fucking fight for this country. Hell no, not now, right? Like, at least, you know, would probably be a civil war, not a war with someone else invading us. Um, I'd be like, have it, please, have it, China, help us. We need this. Um, but it is nice to see, and, inter- and interesting and very different to see, like, um, again, everyday Ukrainian people banding together and fighting for their territory in a good uh, display of nationalism and or necessary because who the hell else is going to help them? Um, I want to go to some of the things that Andy was talking about, right? Some of the, some of the double standards that are going on. Um, As we know, uh, Ukraine is predominantly white and predominantly uh, Christian. It is in Europe. Um, and refugees who are fleeing the crisis right now in the war are being treated incredibly differently. And nowhere is that clearer than in Poland. So this is just from The New York Times. In Poland, government officials assisted by American soldiers and diplomats have set up processing centers for Ukrainians. Quote, anyone fleeing from bombs from Russian rifles can count on the support of the Polish state. The Polish interior minister Mariusz Kaminski told reporters on Thursday his government is spending hundreds of millions of dollars on a border wall, a project it began after refugees and migrants from the Middle East tried to reach the country last year, but ended up marooned in neighboring Belarus. So we are building a literal wall to keep out Middle Eastern refugees, but Ukrainians can come on in. Um, It just, there are so many instances of this and other European nations are also doing the same, lifting caps on refugees and asylum seekers, um, in this instance, is that like 
Now, is Poland, I know, since I'm Jewish, I have a monitor set up in all countries. So I ha- do know when I have, you know, just anecdotal stories. What's the weather I'm like in Poland there. right now? It's so, it's more <laughs> anti-Semitic now than it was during Hitler's. So yeah, I think Poland right is now. very anti-Semitic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, is it like Hungary? With, does it have an Orban? It's, 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 it's Hungary adjacent. I was in Poland a couple of years ago. Uh, before the pandemic, and I visited uh, Auschwitz, and I was talking to the, some Jewish scholars there, and you see, you saw the resurgence of this far-right nationalism and anti-Semitism, the revision in, of history in Poland, kind of falling the way of Hungary and Orban. By the way, Orban is beloved by Tucker Carlson and American conservatives because they see him and Putin as the defender of white Christian civilization, Western civilization, which is doing a lot of heavy lifting for a white and Christian. And Orban, especially when it came to the 2015 refugee crisis, right? He doubled down on ethno-nationalism. That's how he kind of flexed and says, I will protect you. And specifically, he's like even more blunt against miscegenation. We have to protect the purity of our race. And so against the Muslim brown horde, I shall protect you, my people. They're incompatible uh, the, they're not civilized, which is the same word that uh, the CBS anchor used uh, just yesterday, right? Like, unlike the the refugees in Afghanistan, these are civilized people. Oh. And so the double standard is actually profound because you're literally seeing these far right governments whose entire like reason of existence and the reason why they're in power and have like used ethno-nationalist popul- uh, you know, uh, jingoism mm-hmm. um, are saying, OK, OK, come on in, white Christian uh, Ukrainians. Whoa, 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 brown, dirty Syrians, Mm -hmm. you horde, you rats, you rodents, you swarms. And then you also seeing that uh, in the U.S. a little bit where there's pressure for us now open the borders. But then there is a cap whenever there are Syrian refugees or Mexicans or like Central Americans. Haitians. Yeah, we're not lifting title. 42 is still in place, for example. There's a cap and then like people aren't going to implement TPS, the temporary standards. And so it's like the family guy chart. I don't know if you guys have seen the family guy color chart Mm -mm. of who's like who's a terrorist and who's just like a lone wolf. The lighter you are, that's like the more of the lone wolf, the darker you are. It's a terrorist. And so like that's it's it's really terrible joke to make. But it's so on point is that go off the color chart and it's good to be a white refugee. Yeah. Well, this is what used to enrage me when I hated Bill Maher for a long time. But what it used to be was like, and this whole new atheism movement where these people Mm. would come in and they would say, and Bill Maher used to go, we don't have to worry about Christian religions causing all, 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 like he doesn't know about Andre Brev. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And and I was mocked by so many of these new atheists who were trying to hide their prejudice against Islam as critique. You know, critique. My mom, she was a Jewish person. She became a Quaker. It's the most wonderful Mm. religion in the world. If you say I'm going to hate people just based on who they, uh, 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 that's jingoism, and that's 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 what motivated Mar and all those people. And they're worse. They're worse because they're claiming they claim to have been progressives, which they weren't. No, yeah. I mean, in terms of the the terrorism, it's like it is. Yeah, it's incredible. It's just Islamophobia. And you're absolutely right. No one actually is talking about white Christian terrorists or or so-called Christian. Let's be honest, you know, and say someone who's not religious. But yeah, Yeah. exactly. People who think they're doing this in the name of fucking whatever God. Um, I wanted to go to that clip that Wajah had referenced just to show you this anchor. uh, He's since apologized for what he said. um, But Charlie Degada, here he is. um, Ooh, foot in mouth. This isn't a place, with all due respect, um, 
you know, like Iraq or Afghanistan that has seen conflict raging for decades. You know, this is a relatively civilized, uh, relatively European, I have to choose those words carefully too, uh, city where you wouldn't expect that or hope that it's going to happen. Mm, not good. I'll take white journalism for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> I mean, it's you can unpack that. It's so, I mean, I, I'm glad he apologized and he probably didn't want to be malicious or cruel, but it's so exquisite that that clip unpacks everything the white gaze whiteness uh islamophobia who is seen as civilized the double standards the 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 justification for invasion the justification for this atrocious war that andy referred to that you know we grew up with the post 9-11 war on terror yeah we have to save brown women from brown men we have to i mean literally that was like if you looked if you look back laura bush who was the wife of George W. Still is the wife of George W. Bush, <laughs> you know, made the feminist argument that we have to save these oh, yeah. brown women from these savages, right? And in the, the horde, the rats, the animals, the rodents, the type of terminology that was used against Jews and it's openly used against Syrian refugees and brown and, uh, refugees, right? The 2018 midterms, the invasion, the caravan. So you dehumanize a people, even though you you're supposed to step back and say these are human beings, regardless of their skin color, ethnicity, national origin, who are fleeing. That's why they are refugees, and we should treat them with empathy and compassion. But once they are of a certain skin color yeah. and a certain religion, threat. And it's even more insidious because who was doing the bombing and invading in Iraq and Afghanistan? Right. The United States. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, was it 1991 where George? Bush said, please rise up against these people and I will help you. And then he allowed Hussein to massacre a lot of people in the South. I mean, because the- we betrayed them. Yeah, we betrayed them. We be- betrayed the Iraqis. And I mean, and we betrayed Afghans. I'll say it also. Republicans and Democrats have betrayed the Afghan people. I mean, people are talking about refugees. This is a double standard, right? You should. You should help Ukrainians. We should see this as an example of what happens where overnight you know, this fragile thing we call democracy can shatter if there's a madman at our doorstep, yes. right? Or for United States, I would say internally. Uh, but then we also like sometimes have to just, I think you can hold multiple concerns at the same time, Francesca, like, oh, there's Yemenis whom we have fueled this war between Saudi Arabia and Iran tilting towards Saudi Arabia that has created a humanitarian crisis. Oh, Afghans right now, as we're speaking, are in a humanitarian crisis. Yes. Syrians, Haitians, to say nothing and of, yet, and also Palestinians. Let's remember, Palestinians, yeah, like we don't, and, and so then here's another one. If you want to get really juicy, who do we applaud for picking up arms and Molotov, Molotov cocktails against their oppressors? Yeah. And then who do we say, whoa, 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 easy there, easy there, darky, put down the, put down that Molotov cocktail, darky, be peaceful. I mean, if you just want to throw it out there, no one, you're absolutely right. Um, the double standard is insane. And also the the like the amnesia about who was perpetrating those other wars. Condoleezza Rice today on Fox News basically saying, yes, it is a war crime to invade another country. Oh, my God. I can't believe you don't combust from the wow. irony that you are currently living in. Like she this is a woman. I mean, Condoleezza Rice is one of the Bush administration officials who are like, no, 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 we should have gone in. Like knowing what we know now. I'd still go in like she continually. There's no shame. And all these people failed up. You know, like if I can tie a thread to what Andy was saying, like this cancel culture. We're old enough to remember this disastrous war that we still live with, where the war has literally come home with the creation of the DHS. Right. And surveillance and lack of privacy and the refugees, people still dying in Afghanistan and Iraq. The two countries that that uh, journalist mentioned. Yeah, it's chaos because we helped create chaos. Generations got destroyed. Every single cheerleader, if you just go down the list, if someone's bored one day, 
do an Excel sheet of all the people in the Bush administration, all the people in media, all the people in think tanks who cheerled that war. Yep. I was not one of them. Francesco was not one of them. I protested that war as a 21-year-old, right? Go down the list. See how many people have apologized. I think there's three. See how many people have failed up every single one. Yep. What cancel culture? Well, uh, we yeah. got to move on to another aspect of this really quickly because I think it is important to mention that while Biden has levied sanctions, they are, you know, strong sanctions against, I mean, effectively rendering him like, you know, Kim Jong-un level of pariah that there's one sector that has not been sanctioned, and that is the oil and gas sector. Um, mm. And so this is from ABC talking about how the Treasury Department's um, rules allow Russian energy transactions to keep going through non-sanctioned banks that are not based in the U.S. And administration officials stress that the sanctions are designed to minimize any disruptions to the global energy markets. Um the dependence on Russia could limit the potential devastation of sanctions. This is, um, sorry, let me read this whole thing. But Biden also needs to consider the needs of his European allies. Natural gas from Russia accounts for a third of Europe's consumption of, the, of fossil fuels, re restricting the world's largest exporter of natural gas and second largest exporter of oil after Saudi Arabia could hurt the unity that U.S. officials say is key to confronting Putin. So this dependence on Russia could limit the potential devastation of sanctions. Again, the links between our fossil fuel dependency, mm. our lack of moving to renewables, and the current crisis that we're in, there was the Nord 2 stream, which was an underwater pipeline from Russia to Germany, I believe, has been currently canceled or put on hold. Cancel culture. Um, you know, <laughs> and the right is using this, of course, as a, as a re rationale to say, let's jumpstart the Keystone XL as if we don't already have like line five or whatever other tar sands pipelines in the works, you know, and export more. And it's just about guzzling and killing the planet at a faster rate in order to own the foreigners. Well, I remember, I remember I'm the oldest person here. So I remember Jimmy Carter coming on TV and saying, we're going to be in serious trouble if we can't get off foreign oil. And yeah. what did this country do? They had the right wing. I've hated the right forever. They've always been terrible. Maybe the day that Lincoln was elected, they were good uh, Republicans, but they've always been the worst. In my lifetime, they've always been the worst. And they made sure to stop, to have all this. They always tried to stop us from coming up with fuel economy vehicles. And, yeah. and, and so it's like, it's, it's a tragedy. Now, now that we're saying, no, we have to have, not worry about this because people need uh, energy. It's just horrible. Well, and then they cash in, you know, I mean, you set them up, knock them down. Uh, there you, go. you know, uh, the military industrial complex cashes in on these wars. Um, oil cashes in. Um, BP is pulling out of Rosneft, which is the Russian state oil company. So they, they're pulling out their 20% of the company. Um, that's good, I guess. But again, no one is seriously and honestly, just like we're so far from a world where we where we settle things through peaceful means, where we have a robust UN. We it feels like we're so far from the world where we fucking turn away from fossil fuels and understand how much danger it puts us in. You know, not just because of war and fossil fuel dependency, but because of the climate and the planet.
And, and also, if you want to connect the threads, I mean, if you go back to the war on terror and you go back now, regardless of the administration, both Democrats and Republicans, mostly Republicans, but also Democrats, benefit greatly from the military industrial complex and oil and gas. I mean, look at Joe Manchin. I think he sleeps every oh. night with a lump of coal in his bed, <laughs> he's right? He's not a Democrat. And then, like, Come on. Why do you? Don't get uh, Oh, I'm news. sorry. He's a centrist. He's a centrist. Oh, I'm sorry. Obstructionist. But, you know, it's one of those situations where the people who are in charge of creating policy to save us and help us are also benefiting from these from these industries. I mean, and during a pandemic, I think you mentioned this, you know, during a pandemic where apparently we cannot afford the child tax credit, which briefly lifted 60 million kids, American kids out of poverty. We still found $800 billion to give to the military industrial complex. Joe Biden is president. Democrats and Republicans were bipartisan on that one issue. They actually gave it $20 billion more than they actually asked for. And then you're telling me this is the only industrialized country that doesn't have paid parental leave because we can't afford it, can't afford to have subsidized daycare, can't afford to have child tax credit. But when it comes to the military industrial complex, we can find $800 billion. And and and, and also, just to give it, people say, listen, Waj, we need that. Look, the world is dangerous. We spend more money on our military industrial complex than the next 11 countries combined. Yep. Well, Trump wanted is- to get more money from NATO. He worked very hard. He on did that. work hard. And in fact, and this was I just really want to I know we're going to go long, but I have to mention because Ken Klippenstein had a great piece in The Intercept where he mentions essentially that Saudi Arabia and their sort of their valve, you know, their hand on the oil valve, so to speak, is putting is actually impacting this war currently because under Trump. When Trump was like, hey, oh, I really need you to like, you know, uh, get it flowing a little bit more so these oil prices can go down. Saudi Arabia was like, hell yeah. And when he was like, now, now tighten the faucet, they were like, OK. Um, so he talks about um, MBS complied mm. with Trump's request, raising oil production steeply, causing the prices to collapse below $60 a barrel. Today, $100 a barrel. Then during the 2020 election season, amid the pandemic, Trump requested the Saudis decrease production. Once again, MBS complied. But by contrast, Biden's repeated requests for Saudi Arabia to increase oil production have gone unanswered. Earlier this month, Biden discussed ensuring the stability of global energy supplies uh, on in a call with Saudi King Salman, MBS's father, according to readout of the conversation. Um, blah, 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 blah. They're moving closer to Russia. Um, and and yeah, and so far. Biden has done very little to put pressure on Saudi Arabia if we're talking about pain at the pump, so to speak. So Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. lacks an advanced military of its own, depending heavily on the U.S., not just for military equipment, but also for its maintenance. While this affords Washington plenty of leverage to treat the desert kingdom as a pariah, as Bi- candidate Biden promised to do, his administration has done little to hold Saudi Arabia accountable for the range of human rights abus- abuses from the murder of Khashoggi to the starvation and bombing of countless civilians in Yemen. It's always been that way. Always been that way. Yeah. It's, it's our dictator of choice. And so you allow, I mean, that's how it is, right? Uh, we allow, we, we funded Mubarak of Egypt and like, all right, he's a terrible dictator, but he's our dictator. And we've sided with MBS over Iran because we're terrified of Iran and that threat. So we're like, all right, both are terrible, but at least MBS is our guy. Right. And so go ahead and kill Khashoggi and go ahead and be corrupt and go ahead and like crush women's rights. Um, and there is a relationship here where I just I have to remind people that MBS of Saudi Arabia said this when he came to the Trump administration. He bragged openly that, that he had Jared Kushner, and I quote, in my back pocket. Oh, yes. I've, oh God. Gross. I would never want him in my back pocket. 
I wouldn't even. I mean, want he him would fit. Posture. He would just. He would. He marries mom. He folds. He is a paper doll. Yep, yep, yep. Um, we have. To, well, let's move on to one last piece of this because I think that the most telling part of this entire war thus far, and who knows when it will end. Um, we hope soon. But the yeah. the most telling part is the way that the far right in the United States is responding. And it seems like they're pivoting their messaging to be more like, this is Biden's war, it's his fault. But early in the week, we had Tucker Carlson saying that Putin's never done anything to him personally. He never cut him off in traffic. So like, whatevs, uh, why should I care? Um, to the line of Putin's even a good guy. And we've got a range of that. So a former Trump official mm. Uh, excuse me, an aide saying, quote, if Putin wants to throw some cold water on American expansionism and interventionism for whatever reason, it's a good thing. We're overly aggressive and need another bully on the world stage to check our worst impulses. Hell yeah, that's what you do. When you've got a rabid dog, you just put another rabid dog in there and then there's peace. They A rabid dog that hates democracy and doesn't even have any pretense of caring about human rights. Yeah, no, that's the way. You can't um, say positive things about uh, someone on the level of Hitler. You just don't ever say it. It's just no, you, you can say anything else but positive things about them. Yes, and, and this is, they're all basically dancing around a full endorsement of yeah. Vladimir Putin. This is essentially a like, tell me your party is paid by Russians without telling me your party is paid by Russians. Right. J.D. Vance is saying, I think it's ridiculous we're focused on this border in Ukraine. I got to be honest with you. I don't really care what happens in Ukraine one way yeah. or another. Cute. Now, here we have McConnell, who's pivoting a little bit more to Biden, as I think we're going to see, saying, I don't believe Vladimir Putin would have a couple hundred thousand troops on the border of Ukraine had we not precipitously withdrawn from Afghanistan last August. But that's where oh, we are. God. That's where we're at. Well, wow. you know, J.D. Vance, J.D. Vance completely turned once he realized that there's 80,000 Ukrainians in Ohio and they vote. And so that's why he flipped two days ago. I'm not making this up. I love it. So go this. look at – I'm glad you mentioned that original quote because it was pure. And then once someone said, yo, you're running for office, you got a bunch of Ukrainians in Ohio, look at his flip, which was remarkable. But, you know, there, it's, it's, it's amazing that Vladimir Putin has for years cultivated – far-right movements in Europe and in America, mm -hmm. spent money, the NRA, right? They went there to suck at his teeth for money. Uh, Trump, literally, literally his useful idiot that promoted pro-Putin talking points that set the stage for what's happening right now. Fiona Hill, who used to be the top advisor at the White House on Russia, openly said last week that, you know, I never saw Trump ever put America first, ever. ever. No, His policies mm -hmm. told Putin that Ukraine is your playground. Go play in it, right? And so this is what we're dealing with. And you also have, and Francesca, I have to mention this. I know we're running out of time, yeah. but there's an amazing report that came out, which I think is like the report people should really read to understand what's happening in America. A 60 page report that talks about the role of white Christian nationalism in the January 6th insurrection, how it motivated it. And white Christian nationalism is part and parcel of the right wing movement and white Christian nationalists support Vladimir Putin and Orban as the defenders of Western civilization, which explains why so many of them are looking to them as models yes. and supporting them. Well, look, That's some scary stuff. Look at like Christopher. I mean, I always use the ex example of Christopher Hitchens, who became so anti every religion in the world. And then he ends up becoming a supporting the second war. It's like, neocon. you know, 
I don't know what my point was there. Just rage. Yeah. No, 100%. And I want to go to, because of course, um, everyone is saying this wouldn't have happened under Trump. Um, <laughs> and they might be right because, yes, Trump was their bitch. They had him wrapped around their finger. They didn't need to do this. Um, NATO was, you know, for better or worse, always sort of going the way of the dinosaur. Um, under Trump. I mean, he, he had foregone any kind of um, supremacy or sort of even leadership on a national stage. And he was a hothead. You could easily appeal to him, blah, blah, blah. But so Trump keeps on being like, you know, what Putin's great or Putin's terrible. Like, you know, whoever he's like trying to see, he's like waiting to see which way the like base goes with this. But here he is saying this is an answer to what he would do differently if he were mm. president right now. Well, I'll tell you what, I would do things, but the last thing I want to do is say it right now, because uh, if somebody asks me that is in a position where they can utilize whatever it is I give them, but I, I certainly wouldn't want to be talking about it. Wow. So just a, it's just like a remarkable bullshit artist. It's amazing he gets away with it, too. Yes. It's like, what's the answer? Like, remember, can you imagine putting, pulling that shit off if you're like in school? Uh, all right, uh, Francesca, what's the answer to this question? I know it, but I'll tell you tomorrow when I'm ready for it. <laughs> I wouldn't tell you. Ready for it right state now. secret. How about when he said he said the other day he goes, "Oh, you know, uh, Putin goes. He's a smart guy. He goes in there, and they say, uh, oh, we'll, we'll go sanctions.' He goes, I could have a whole country just and have sanctions. I mean, that's the way he thinks. Oh, I could have a whole country. He literally has no. I guess they all have this. They don't care who lives and dies. I really yeah, think they all... don't care. And, and plus, we we have to treat people like look look at his behavior. 2018 in Helsinki, he throws the United States under the bus, yeah. takes Putin's word over our own law enforcement. He literally gives uh, Putin and Turkey and Assad uh, our Assyria. Uh, he, he, said it, takes, he said he didn't he do sell, it. He, he, he sold out our allies, right? He attacks NATO. He attacks EU. Every single pro-Putin talking point that you can imagine coming from RT, RTV came from Trump's mouth as president of the United States. So yes. if he, God forbid, was president right now, <laughs> There would be nothing. There would yeah, you be, wouldn't like, notice be like, a difference. He'd blame Ukraine. He like, well, it's their fault for being weak. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did want to, we just have to talk a little bit about this. Wendy Rogers, who was a speaker oh, yeah. at the uh, America First PAC that I want to talk a little bit about. And we're going to talk about the Christian white nationalists and white supremacists, um, Putin lovers uh, specifically. But Wendy Rogers is a state senator currently. Right. And this is her today just going, just going ape on some crazy conspiracies. <laughs> she says the best way to compete with Russia and Europe is to open the Keystone Pipeline. There we go. Lower taxes <laughs> and spending and invest in Bitcoin. Hashtag Bitcoin. Hashtag America first. That's honestly the most sane. Then she gets crazier. Zelensky is a globalist puppet for Soros and the Clintons. Oh. Mm. Tell me, just say the word Jew. Just say Zelensky's right. Jewish. Yeah. yeah. Um. Then Macron, Arden, Trudeau, Zelensky, they all report to the same satanic masters. The, the global, the global people like me. The Andy, they report to Andy. They report to Andy. <laughs> Hold on, I have to take this call. What? <laughs> Well, that's the other Zoom call I have. 
Uh, and it's if the camera camera tilts to the left, there's like like bull's horns and like blood and like satanic like like. Signs I'm gonna look and, out like, at the both you too. Don't worry about it. Please Don't, put in a good word for me. Promise me, right to my face. You guys I, are covered. Okay, good. Thank you. And if you could give us some rain in California, I'd really appreciate that. So that's if some you could... scary stuff, Francesca. You know, we joke about it, but that's scary stuff. That's that's like you said, an Arizona state senator who went virtually and appeared at the AFPAC conference led by Nick Fuentes, who is, I'm not just throwing this casually, a white supremacist, Holocaust denier, anti-Semite. Ed, ADL did a really good job about his group Groypers. And then also there was Marjorie Taylor Greene, who showed up in person, and Paul Gosar, who has been an ally with him for the past year. These are white supremacists, not like alt-right adjacent white supremacists i'm talking about white supremacists and then doug ducci oh sorry i don't know if that's his name doug ducey or ducci wherever the arizona governor when asked hey you know wendy rogers is a white nationalist he said you can't even make this up i'd rather have a white nationalist in state legislature than a democrat <laughs> i don't know you this made of course you would no, no, no. no. I'll, I'll send you the link. I'll send you the link right okay, now. Okay, but let's actually, let, let's watch about what, what Jahad is saying. In terms of Nick Fuentes, who's one of the main organizers of this, um, I have to share the screen here because uh, um, I didn't load it properly. Here he is um, praising Putin, but listen to specifically how he does so. And you want to know the secret? Uh, to borrow a phrase from a friend of mine, our secret sauce here, it's these young white men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like an SCTV bit. That's what we call the secret ingredient. America and the world has forgotten about them, but not us. You know, they say about America, they say, diversity is our strength, you know. And I look at China, and I look at Russia. Who can we give a round of applause to Russia? Yes. Where's my Molotov cocktail? Yeah. I need Very it back. Tough. That is there's yeah, I wanna make fun of him, but I'm actually just frightened. I mean, he is a little dipshit like coward asshole so uh fuck him but i'm like <laughs> not him that, specifically that crowd people. yeah that crowd i mean that is a that's a white nationalist crowd it's terrible these are the people it's who terrible. cheered you know joe arpaio's up there saying yeah. they call yeah. me a racist and before he can even finish his sentence they're applauding that he was called a racist is this who Kirsten cinema is trying to appeal to i mean right Good. Well, you know what? You know, so Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? She she then says, I have no idea who he is, even though there was a photo on Earth of them together. Number one. Number two, of course, she knows who she is. But then she doubled down. She did not. She once she it was revealed who he is. He says, I she says, I went there <laughs> to you know talk to this large group of people and I'm not going to cancel anyone as she is canceling as the Republican Party. The RNC, ladies and gentlemen, has officially canceled. Liz Cheney, yep, Cheney, Cheney, and Adam Kissinger. Why? Because they had the audacity to say, you know what? A violent insurrection that tries to overthrow a free and fair election and send people to the U.S. Capitol to kill my colleagues is a step too far. And they're like, nope, 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 that's too much. You're canceled. But a white supremacist, Holocaust denier, racist, that's fine. And it's Marjorie Taylor Greene, 
Paul Gosar, Wendy Rogers, and the fact that we'll forget by Tuesday just shows us the double standard that we even have in our media. Look at the squad. Look at these some of these people of color who are talking about defund the police. Have they gone too hey, far? That's too far. Is that too much? Oh, God. <laughs> then, this is gonna. I mean, this is how you mainstream. This is how the Overton window shifts. Yes. And how white supremacy becomes mainstreamed before our very eyes. Let's take a look at that clip really quick, and you'll see again how Marjorie is is pivoting to the new line around Russia, trying to sort of like stamp out as if we didn't just hear them break out into cries, Putin, Putin, at the same fucking conference she just spoke at. Excuse me, excuse me a minute. I'll tell you exactly why I went. I went to talk to them about America First policies, and I talked to them about what's important for our country going forward. Now, in regards to Russia, Putin is a murderer, and he should have never invaded Ukraine. What he is doing is completely wrong. I stand with our NATO member allies, and I'm completely against this war. Excuse me, I'm going to finish. Everything that he's doing is wrong. He's killing people over and over. So I'm staunchly against it, and I'm staunchly against Vladimir Putin and his, his invasion of Ukraine. Another thing that is extremely important for me to say is the whole reason this is happening is because Joe Biden is a weak president. Now America is a weak country and our entire world is falling apart and we're seeing war erupt, which did not happen under President Trump because we had peace through strength. I I miss Reagan in a certain way. He was horrible, but he was provocular. He didn't sound so terrible. And he was also more globally minded in the sense that you pro-immigrant, like George W. Bush, terrible presidents, uh, ladies and gentlemen, terrible. But, you know, Bush and Reagan were of that uh, old Republican generation that was pro-immigrant, actually. Right. Yes. They actually were. Immigrants are good for America. They're good for business. Right. George W. Bush, like even though disastrous war and terror, listen, we're not going to whitewash him. But he did come out and at least say, at least at the beginning, look. I feel bad that Muslims feel like they're the enemies. Islam means peace. Let me just go bomb Muslim countries. But I always joke that if George W. Bush was running for president as a Republican in 2024, Republicans would dismiss him for being a Muslim. (laughs) That's where we are. That's literally where we are. And she did not reject white nationalism. She did not reject it. No. And she doubled down in her support. And the interesting thing is the irony here is it's an America first conference where they were cheering for Russia. (laughs) <laughs> like, no. it's pretty good That's though it's pretty good that they're still using the, the Nazi symbols because they've tried very hard to go away from those symbols but they come back to it the, the, your true colors always show yeah when you get excited <laughs> you get really excited I will never forget Richard Spencer and Heiling Hitler or Heiling Trump as soon as he won like that is seared into my memory. I'm like, I'm never forgetting that shit. But it's it's and apparently Steve Bannon and Steve Bannon and others are like, why'd you have to do that? Yeah, it was a you never secret. go full Hitler. <laughs> you go half Hitler. You imply Always go half Hitler. <gasps> imply him again. <laughs> we might need some Molotovs here, y'all. I do want to read some comments before we move into our final segment. I'm doing it different because I've got my lovely guests, and they need to know people appreciate their commentary. Uh, Gary Cooper on YouTube said, truth is the first casualty in any war. Rational discussion is the second casualty. 100%. Heff says, I picked the wrong week to, <laughs> week to wean off Xanax. Might have to start smoking banana peels. <laughs> on Doesn't Zelens- work. Doesn't work. I think I tried that one. <laughs> Patrick um, Quibido, thank you for your super chats. It's Andy Kindler. I go way back on Andy. I remember when he was on the Larry Sanders show. His they canceled oh. the fucking week on me bit still stays with me. <laughs> thank you. Jacob Virgil says, I think the myth of a hyper-competent Putin is exactly that, a myth. Mm. He's just quarantine crazy, guys. He's pandemic cray. 
Um, on the bad coverage, uh, Adam Hodges, uh, we'll just thank you for your super chat. And you put a little dinosaur in a chair. And I feel like that's me. Um, Reiki Dragon, thank you for your super chat, says, I hate the way that refugees are treated based on their skin tone or country of origin. I wish all could be given respect for their humanity. Uh, amen. Thomas Sears, killing the planet will certainly shorten the war on Ukraine. Ah, I see. <laughs> Roundabout thinking there. Um, and Camber Man 5000, J.D. Vance's proof Ohio turns the brain into mush. And again, I could say that as I live in Ohio. And he fooled people into making that movie. How did he, that oh, book, so how good, well written oh. was, could that book have been? I, I didn't read it, but I've. I oh, yeah, actually, yeah, but you know, to con- connect it, who gets the elegy in America? Who gets the yeah, elegy? That's right. That's right. right? Who doesn't get the elegy? <laughs> that's the true. I didn't even think about that. The hillbillies always get the elegy. I'm like, what about everyone else? <laughs> nope. Nope. They get always a haiku. Yeah, we get yeah. it. Uh, they just get like crack sprinkled on them. Yeah, oops. I know Glenn Close didn't know about Glenn Close must not have done the bad. These people didn't know going into that movie who this idiot was. Because when they made the movie, when they greenlit Hillbilly Elegy, it was the like the handbook given to America to understand the aggrieved whites yes, and why they were. This is totally one hundred percent. And just fucking like elite like mandatory reading elitist Francesca, being like, oh, you must read this. You must read this. Francesca. They're really economically anxious. <laughs> and then all the data comes up. It goes, nope, nope. It was cultural anxiety and racism. That was a prime, which was all, which is what we, the people of color kept saying. But they're like, listen, Darkie, just shut up. <laughs> Stop being so reactionary and hysterical. And he went to Yale. Oh, no, no, Yale. Top cocktails. That oh JD. Yeah. The Yaley. Oh, oh, Yale. I thought you said he went to jail, and I was like, what? No, that would yeah. be good. That would be good. That would make him relatable. Um, all right. Let's move on to our final segment, our final fun segment. I hope you've enjoyed this spanning, amazing, great discussion on Ukraine. Hey, um, you know, none of us are experts. So once again, sorry, but also the experts have all got it wrong. So you're welcome. Um, let's go to our <laughs> final segment. Uh, given the fact that this week Biden did some other things, including nominating Kintaji Brown Jackson to the mm. Supreme Court to fill the vacancy left by retiring Justice Breyer. Uh, Kintaji was not the pro corporate pick, which is great. Um, mm. Like Lindsey Graham and uh, Jim Clyburn had wanted. She is a public def- was a public defender, even represented Guantanamo Bay prisoners, was a judge who mm. sentenced the Pizzagate shooter to four years in prison and ruled against a number of Trump era policies. She was nominated by Obama to be a district court judge in 2012, appointed mm. by Biden to serve on the U.S. Court of Appeals for D.C. Um, in 2021. And if confirmed, she'd be the first justice since Thurgood Marshall to have worked as a defense attorney. Think about that. That's so good. That's so in, first of all, awesome and also insane that we haven't had a former defense no. attorney on the bench um, since then. So obviously, all this means that she's being called a radical leftist by <laughs> senators that fucking voted to confirm her for all these other positions. Um, but I want to ask, since we know if she is confirmed, she will only replace another sort of a liberal justice. Um And we know that, like, you know, the sort of death scrum of Amy Coney Barrett and Kavanaugh and Gorsuch is is there. And we have to expand the court. So I want to ask you, you goose and guys and everyone in the audience in the Mm. chat, who would you nominate 
for Supreme Court. Could be anybody. They don't even have to be a judge. Who would you nominate three people who are your justices? Who's got them? Smoke if you got them. You want me to go first? Sure. You go first. Okay. Here's what I would do. Mine are all real people. Mm. So I don't know. Like, I, I don't know them personally because, like, fictional characters, you develop, like, a weird parasocial relationship with. Okay, here we go. Michelle Alexander, author of mm. The New Jim Crow, uh, mm. professor, and uh, she's written, obviously, on the prison industrial complex, understands what it is to be black and criminalized in this country, probably, you know, and has studied it more than anyone else. So she's my number one pick. Number All women of color, by the way, got to be. Mm. Number one, that, that's right. Michelle Alexander. Number two, the actress from Pose who stars as Blanca, who's fucking amazing, uh, trans woman, MJ Rodriguez. I love her so much. She's great. She's like been, she was in Rent before this. She's excellent on another Pose. Harvard, another Harvard Yale person again. Probably. No, the Harvard Yale of hard knocks, Harvard. Anyway, um, <laughs> MJ Rodriguez. She's great. I love her. I think she like, I think she won an Emmy this year. Um, which yeah. is enough, which is, which is qualifies her more than Trump. Trump didn't win an Emmy. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. She's, she is, she will protect trans kids. She will uh, protect people of color. She, uh, I mean, nobody understands the way the justice system is unfair more than I think trans people mm -hmm. in this country. Um, and I think she's empathetic. So I'm going with MJ Rodriguez. And finally, I was like, I need someone young. I need someone mm -hmm. really young, like, because they need to live forever because it's a lifetime appointment. So I am going with Isra Hirsi, who is Ilhan Omar, Representative Omar's daughter. And Isra is like a TikTok queen machine. She yeah. crushes it. She's fucking smart as hell. She's nuanced. She's she is a force. And I'm like this woman for life. Like I trust her no matter what. You guys all have to check her out on TikTok, but like yeah, she's my muse and I love her and she's Muslim and I think we need someone Muslim on the court. So that's what I'm saying. Andy? I think that's a good that, that's good. All right. Oh. Andy, okay. Who you got? Who's, who's here's who I got. My first pick is is uh, I hope I pronounce his name right. Ellie Mistal. Is that how you pronounce his name? Ellie. Yeah, Ellie's great. Oh my Ellie's god, great. I would Ellie, just yeah. love to hear him during the arguments, and he gets <laughs> even angrier than me sometimes, but still keeps his sense of humor. So Ellie Mistal and, and very smart and knows the law. Oh, he does, and I don't as well. Maya Wiley, I love Maya yeah, Wiley. Good, love her, and um. Joyce Vance. Would be my, I just love Joyce all, Vance. Oh, they're all great picks. I know all three of them, and they're really good people, too. Okay. Uh, I would say Sherilyn Eiffel, who's fantastic. Uh, she was like a long pick. Uh, Preet Bharara, because let's just put some brown folks on okay, there. Okay, yeah, Preet. And I, feel, and I feel like you know he took on um, uh, Mafia. He took on Wall Street. He took on corporate media, and, and then he became a podcaster. Mm -hmm. uh, Sherilyn Eiffel probably... of NAACP, Legal Defense Fund. Yeah, yeah Preet. And then uh, I was going to just for fun, say Samuel Jackson, just because it would be fun. <laughs> and he's like, an old, you know, just for like, because he's like 73 now. He yes. goes, you know, just to like to drop the mother effers randomly during argument would be fun. A corporation uh, but... is not a human being. Like just so fucking mad. 
And then, like, the other justices and, like, Gorsuch and, like, Kavanaugh get scared. Like, yes, you're right. You're right, Samuel Jackson. Um, <laughs> you're right, Samuel and then, Jackson. But I think, I think you got to you, – you convinced me with Ilhan Omar's daughter. Right? Because why not? Because she, she, like, she outlived them. She, and then she could TikTok it. And, like, she could do selfies during the hearings. Yep. And, and then, like – and then she could crush it on Instagram. And then I think just to have a Muslim on the court would so fundamentally upset all the right people. <laughs> yeah. Like, it would give them, like, indigestion for life. <laughs> And that would be lovely. Oh, I love it's like Sharia law. Like it's literally Sharia law for them. They're like, we have a Muslim and, on the Supreme Court. And there's nothing Court. you like, can do about it. They wouldn't be able to comprehend that it's an American justice who got thoroughly vetted and like, you know, appointed and approved. Like it's just a Muslim. And they just, they freak out. Yep. I love it. Oh my God, you guys, that has been our show for all of the people who are not patrons. For those of you who are, we have more conversation. We're looking at Charlie Kirk making a backwards ass, stumbling into an argument about socialism real quick. <laughs> um, but thank you guys so much. Andy Kindler, where can people find you and your work? Uh, my work, uh, I'm always on Twitter at Andy Kindler. I have a, uh, a um, podcast called Thought Spiral, J. Elvis Weinstein, that I'm very proud of. And my album called Hence the Humor can still be downloaded. Hey. Hell yeah. Where can we download that? Anywhere that you can download things. It's Hence the humor. AST Records is the name of the uh, record company. Amazing. And you can find him on Twitter, talking shit at John yeah. Stewart. Getting talking in your shit. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy Kindler, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, take good care. Wajahat Ali, where can people find you? They can find me on the Twitters. I'm at Wajahat Ali. And then uh, I'm I'm trying to do more Insta, but I suck at it. But I'm at Insta Wajahat. Nice. Uh, and I wrote a book that came out uh, last month, and people seem to like oh it. It's God. this one. Nope, it's this one right here. Go back to where you came from, and other helpful recommendations on how to become American. And so, is that going to? Be- Katie Couric likes it, and Ishmael Reed likes it. So it's very rare. Is it going to be available at Hudson News Books to c- combat all that right wing trash that is being hawked there? It is actually at Hudson. Like I'm. The irony is it's actually available at airports. Yes. And I just love the fact that you can go to an airport and buy a book called Go Back to Where You Came From. Like it's just like these are the small things that give me joy in my life. <laughs> that is gonna that is definitely a great read. Where's my goddamn copy? Um oh, I gotta send you a copy. That's right. Please do. Uh everybody follow Wajahat. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Take good care. And thank you guys for being here, for sticking with us, for you know, just going on this that we've gone on become patrons so you can talk and dunk on charlie kirk with us in a little bit um but to thank all y'all and the fire song yay hell yeah thank you guys for becoming patrons at ten dollars or more that gets you this shout out john crump you're amazing welcome to the frantifa to the big tippers joseph l you're always so sweet and generous thank you to the twitch subs ladybug dragon lizzie nepon stanley 1953 daisy dragon depressed progressive thank you for giving out five community subs Brandy Lou also giving out five community subs. Progressive Ama, Dank Ferric Mom, Blue Tech, The Belgian Dragon, Blue Burning, Burning Bush Dragon, Rose Alba 14, Irie 42 giving out seven subs. Melanie 44, ODP, ODP, Becca 1359, Hippie Spot, Chipmunk PDX, RB Green Dragon, Glitteriest Lady Dread. Thank you all. And thank you, J320, for your super chats and Omega Shenron Dragon um, and everyone else who supports this show. This show is streaming live every week, 5, 8 Eastern on YouTube and Twitch. You can also listen as a podcast. 
Again, I'll be live in Brooklyn at the Bell House on March 10th at 7 p.m. Tickets are at bituationroom.com. Follow the show at Twitter at bituationpod and on TikTok at Franny Fio. YouTube at Franny Fio. Fucking Instagram at Franny Fio. Thank you to Paige Omek, to Maximilian Inhoff, and to Alexander Orness, who are always there helping me fight the power. Fuck the patriarchy. And remember, don't just bitch about it, but be about it. See you next time, guys. <laughs>